Don't be fooled. That's what Wall Street pros are telling investors these days as markets seem to be closing out the month of March on a high note, despite all the turbulent activity we had over the past few weeks. The S&P 500 is up nearly 2% this month, even though we had a banking crisis and a Fed rate hike. So it's a storm behind us. Well, we're here to answer that question for you. Welcome, everyone, to Buy, Hold, Sell. I am your trader, Todd Schoenberger, and I am joined by my friend and co-host and what he is saying is cool in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona, Tobin Smith. And we have a very special guest with us today. We yes, have we the do. CEO and Chief Investment Officer of Laffer Tangler Investments, Nancy Tangler. Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. Thank you, Todd. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're and glad even, you're even, here. Even with Tobin here. Even with me. I <laughs> well, you know, Tobin, Tobin even decided to wear a shirt today. So we're really happy about that, which is awesome. <laughs> so, so, Nancy, I got to say, so the Laffer Tangler Dynamic U.S. Inflation, inflation Strategy is five-star rated by Morningstar. Your Equity Income Strategy is five-star rated by Morningstar. Pretty cool that you have an inflation and equity strategy so highly rated. This clearly makes you the subject matter expert on Wall Street. What are you telling your investors these days? <laughs> oh, well, we're telling, we, you know, we've been ta ta talking to them all the way through this and our new, new clients as well, because many uh, advisors went and hid uh, during yeah. the bear market, as they often do. And what we've been telling them is that um, two things. One is that we know what always follows every bear market, and that's a bull. So we wanted to be positioned for that. And we began adding risk back into our portfolios uh, in the fourth quarter. And that's that's been a good decision. I've heard a number of the anchors on, on competing networks say, well, nobody saw this coming, this tech rally. Well, oh. we, we did and we benefited from it or our clients did. Um, so we're, we're taking some of those gains and redeploying some of that back into energy, which we were selling in the fourth quarter. We don't turn our portfolios over a lot, but we we are tactical. And, uh, and then we started putting our clients back in bonds uh, last summer. We've been out since the 10-year hit. Yeah, I was going to say. Yield. Yeah, so that- Do, do you, you remember how out. to, do you remember how to do it? Do, do you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, our fixed income team does. Yeah. But um, yeah, so it was, uh, it was, we had much better year than anticipated because we, we didn't have, you know, the classic 60-40 allocation and we moved clients into our inflation strategy, into our uh, clean energy strategy that's hedged with oil. Talk about wow. since- cynical. Um, so yeah, we, we think you want to be positioned here and uh, that, you know, the economy slowing, we know that, I mean, it's like the best advertised recession in history. And so we've been putting reliable growers with experienced management teams back in. And then of course we love dividend stocks. I've been running uh, equity income, really dividend growth strategies since uh, 1984. Oh God. I know. Listen, <laughs> I just said, I just said that yesterday to someone I, I said, you know, when I was with Kidder Peabody in 1982, I said, Kidder Peabody. What is that? What is that? How old are you? Ancient. <laughs> I just shut up. <laughs> well, Nancy, Nancy, there's a couple of things. First, I want to talk about energy uh, a bit because, you know, our little claim to fame was we have this large research uh, network. And we were told by some Micron member, members who work for Micron in January of 2020, that, that they closed six plants in China, and this thing was going to be a lot worse than we thought. So we were able to go to cash, short stuff, whatever. And then, of course, we had this crash. I have, I've never seen stocks go down other than, you know, 2000, uh, 1997. We had the crash, 
and things like, and I know you like MLPs and, and et cetera. Our favorite one was USA Compressor. They supply all of the compressors for energy transfer and other people. They get paid a month in advance. They've never had a default because you can't move the damn gas through the pipeline without a 10,000 horsepower. It went down to $4. It used to be a $20 stock. So now we have customers who are saying, so Toby, I don't really know how to do this. We get $2.05 in dividends. My cost basis is $4.80. And we've sold... Uh, $5 worth of put options during this time because it was only, you know, it was only good. What's, your, what's my basis? And I would say you're a lucky son of a gun. Okay. And, and let's just keep it at that. Well, I'm interested in what you're thinking energy wise. We, same way, invasion, et cetera. We then, you know, reloaded. And as you know, and I try to say this to all people, if the market delivers since 1989, a 7.8% return, et cetera, maybe, and it was 15%, you know, QQQs for the last 10 years, and you get 150% gain on an energy trust or on a you know on a shipping company in six months or five months and the natural gas prices have you know gone the viagra triangle type thing then you sell that stuff right and, and that's the thing that just kills me about kathy wood i love her research i've been a research fan of hers for a long time she just has no sell uh mechanism yeah well it's hard um most people don't have discipline. I mean, in her case, she's thematic, as you know, so she's yeah. going to hold these things for a very long time. But um, I see that a lot, you know, and, and when you've got shows on that are trading, you know, the guys on the show are trading during the commercials, that's not sending the right message to retail investors for sure. So we we have two very um, unique, I think, not very unique, unique. And um, <laughs> well, did you hear your English teacher from college in your ear? Right <laughs> I actually taught English in college. So that's, oh, a, that's another career for talk about later. But um, yeah, so we, you know, we use relative dividend yield in our equity income portfolio. And the reason for that is uh, I, Tony Spare developed it in the 1980s. I began working with him then and we modified it over the years. But you're getting from management what they think is a, a portion of sustainable long term earnings. So if they're willing to raise the dividend in the face of, you know, Wall Street being skeptical, skeptical, skeptical about earnings growth, we, we are way ahead of the game. And you know that analysts are wrong two thirds Every quarter, two thirds of the time. So every we, quarter, every time. It's remarkable. And they have great access to management. So we didn't want to get into the earnings estimate game. We knew we couldn't do it better than Wall Street. So we use relative dividend yield in that portfolio. In our GARP strategy, we use relative price to sales ratio uh -huh. because if you manipulate sales, uh, you usually end up in jail. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Um, there's... I, I just see a curly black hair guy. And that's just me though. Um, so yeah, so I, I think being disciplined is very hard. So we, you know, we were buyers of Apple in 2013, 14. We were sellers and trimming it all the way through. And then we were sellers in 2021. Yeah. We we didn't quite get out. Uh, and so we still happily own some, but you, you got to follow your discipline because things change and, well, you, you know, you got to be able to step back in. Nancy, I've, I've always said, I've learned this the hard way. I mean, I've had change wave research. We sold that to SP Global. Uh, you know, we have a wealth management thing and, and newsletters. And I just moved our newsletter, sold our company to a very large publisher. And as I was sitting in with them, I wore a nicer shirt, but, yeah. but you know, I'm sorry. I've been working off since 6 a.m. man this freaking this daylight saving time i hate market opens at 6 30 in arizona are you kidding me it's true i have a 1 30 a.m wake up call tonight oh yeah oh, God, oh, well anyway my wow. point was is that people come to me first off they're already affluent the, the first thing my job is not to lose money not right. to make these stupid 
mistakes, and then take profits at, at, at an appropriate level. As you're, and and to and that's the first law is do not lose money. Then secondarily, you know, my methodology is investing, identifying, investing in transformational change, secular, not cyclical. Uh, it could be a geopolitical. I mean, the invasion. We got a. I Todd seen the notes we from one of our guys in Hawaii happens to be <clears throat> with us. Uh, agency out of uh, DC um, that said, hey, I'm telling you right now, it's February 24th is invasion day. We have it, et cetera. Actually, the president of the United States said it like three weeks later, which <laughs> I can imagine the CIA guys just wanted to blow their heads off. But we were able to anticipate that. And so energy has been a big thing. I started when we started in 2000, MicroStrategy was my first recommendation. That was good. That was 350, you know, pops. But then, you know, the world changed and we moved to our energy space because China, the biggest transformation in the world was entering and right. they needed a, uh, this is a technical term, a shit ton of oil and natural gas and chemicals and coal and, you know, iron ore and all that stuff. And so we really made our bones change way of investing the tech, the tech experts on buying bulk shippers, energy shippers, you know, Nice. Uh, energy trust in Canada. Remember Penn Growth and those uh, guys. Fourteen percent dividends. You got it. You got to change with the times. It's not just one. As your to your entire point, it's just not one thing all the time. Sorry, yeah. Warren. You're the only guy I know who's done it. Well, and and I think what's what you also have is you have very young portfolio managers that have never have not. I had a guy that was working here who said, uh, "I don't need to have experience. I can just read about it." He doesn't work here anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you you really do have have to think about that uh, as you as you listen and watch what the financial news networks are saying and the analysts because if we are going to value stocks from here on slower earnings growth in 2023 I kind of feel like a lot of that was discounted last year uh, when we had positive earnings growth and we had a, a bear market sell-off so That's a, a very good point I, yeah I think you have to really be mindful of anticipation and if you go back and look historically it has made sense to get well positioned add risk into your portfolio at periods like this prior. I mean, in just, just as a benchmark, even though averages sort of belie what, what goes on underneath yeah. during Volcker's tenure, stocks were up 362.3% with the double dip recession. Are you sure about that 0.3? And, and 9% real. I don't want to call you a liar on live television. Okay. Nancy, <laughs> 9% real annualized. Yeah, wow. I will. I will. I will. I've been saying the same thing. Todd's Todd's ears are bleeding after I've been saying it. But <laughs> you, it's. I think it's a lack of imagination. You know, my first mortgage was sixteen percent. You know, uh, nineteen eighty two, eighty three. I was selling bonds to pensions, flying around the country, saying, "I, I don't know if you know this, but if you lock in the fourteen percent thirty year bond, uh, I, I can remember one uh, distinctly: the Oklahoma." fire, you know, you know, you guys, you have these institutional guys. And there's a bunch of firemen sitting around and they're looking at me, who's this big headed, jug headed guy? Uh, and I said, you know, guys, if you just put this $10 million allocation into the now 14.8%, a 10 year bond, and the other into the 30 year bond, you will never have to make an investment again in your fund. Your fund will be so overfunded. And they all looked at me like crazy. I said, okay, I'm going to make you bet because I love Oklahoma barbecue. All right. So I'll come back here in five years and I'll buy the entire fire system. Oh, you know, our favorite barbecue from out there, if I'm wrong. And they said, okay, Tobin, you're on. About three years later, I get the call. Well, our bonds are up 40%. Are you, we've over, we've over, you know, 
we've oversupplied the 40 of our 60-40. And no one who didn't live in that period would understand. No one would understand. I, I did deals for Charlie Keating, you know, syndicating real estate. And I said, you know, you have a pretty high leverage ratio here, Charlie. Uh, did you ever, you know, think about, no, 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 we sell these CDs to all the Arizona grandmothers and so on and so forth. Charlie was out. Um, people forget that there was 1,100 savings and loans in, in banks that closed between 86 and 93. Right. Where, and where, where's the institutional memory on that? Exactly. And I and 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 especially at the regulatory bodies, oh. I, this Silicon Valley Bank um, is 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 sh- is shocking. I sat on the board of the community bank here yeah. in Arizona, and there I don't even know how that happened. I don't know how they made that asset liability mismatch. And I hope that somebody's going to have to pay for this. I don't know. If, you know, they will though because. Yeah. The regulators were complicit as well. But. Well, they were, you know, they were obviously a unique situation in a lot of ways. But the one thing which is mind blowing is the most sophisticated guys in the room. You know, they say, well, it was too expensive for us to essentially hedge our stuff. Really? Have you heard of default swaps? You know, I can actually put the Bloomberg together here for you. I can show you. You can buy them right now, and yeah. it, you would actually then change. Uh, you would actually increase your r- ratio because you wouldn't have to hold these, you know, out there. But hold on, on though. There are, but but with Signature Valley Bank, that was specific to. Think of the tech sector. Think of how much VC money ended up flowing into that bank. But they're not the only bank that's really that that uh, that specific. I mean, there are other banks, especially on the East Coast, that are specific to real estate, where you would have uh, maybe builders, developers that that really are working primarily with one bank. And we saw that in 08 with Wilmington yeah. Trust. I mean, it was around for hundreds of years, and they ended up going under because. They had so much vessel in the real estate side. So the question is, is how when when it comes to banks, I mean, should they be required to really maybe be uh, more diversified across multiple sectors to prevent these types of disasters? In in theory, that was supposed to happen in 2009. Right. uh, you know, right. in 2010. We had right. very strict rules at our yeah. community bank. And then if, we, if it was part of a bigger family, and so they would farm them out to the other banks. And, um, you know, much to the disappointment of the Arizona team, they ended up giving some of their best loans, half or a third of them away to other banks that I'm did not. you're talking about national bank? No, it was actually uh, the Heartland Group. So it was oh, Arizona okay. Bank and Trust, Nevada Bank and Trust. They, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, New Mexico Bank and Trust and based in Dubuque, Iowa. Um, hey, man, my first job was with, was with Cedar real estate investment trust selling bonds for Cedar Insurance Group. That's a beautiful part of the world. I had no idea being a Southern California guy. You fly in, all you see is corn. You land in Cedar Rapids. They drive you to the headquarters. All you see is corn. And I'm talking, you know, 30 feet high corn. I'd never seen that before. I was (laughs) very impressed. But but Todd, the point is, is that first off, uh, small banks are the lenders for commercial real estate for, you know, mom and pop and, and, and warehouses and stuff. And there are many places in the United States right now that are upside down big time, like 20%. And right. if if the regulatory people, if KPMG doing an audit 30 days before on Silicon Valley Bank, Silicon, not Silicon, uh, and they <laughs> and they missed it. If if the San Francisco Fed came in and did their number, and they they have real time when you're on that system, uh, the SIPI system, they have real time. They understand what these guys own in real time. Right. Wouldn't you just have a little bot, you know, a little uh, algorithm that said, well, if a bank has X and their equity is Y, we got to no. So I am sure of this, Nancy. And uh, again, we're the old uh, uh, the experienced people here. Excuse me. We are going to get a regulation backlash like nobody's business. Very similar to you know the great financial crisis. I still think that's that's almost one of the best euphemisms I've ever heard. I agree. Uh, yeah. Know? 
you know, that is an issue. But to your wider point, Nancy, and Todd, you're going to be shocked by this. I, who have been a bear, except for a specific, you know, I'm a micro sector guy. I don't do sectors. I do micro sectors. Our biggest performing, we're up 74% in this year in product tankers that move oil and diesel because mm -hmm. of the, of the of Russian sanctions. Yeah. Anyway, I am now ready to make a, a bullish, it's time to be bullish call for sort of three reasons. But the number one reason now. Well, hold on. Hold yeah. on. Let's save that for a teaser. Oh. Let's open the next. Sorry. Let's save it for the teaser because the audience is going to be on the edge of their seats waiting for this information. I know okay. that. So, so listen, Thanks. we're going to close out that block right now. We're going to get back to Toby talking about what investors need to hear. And also I want to talk to you, Nancy, about your, I know you're a best-selling author with the Women's Guide to Successful Investing. You have a second edition coming out this summer. We definitely want to talk a little bit about that coming up after the break. So everyone, please stay with us on Buy, Hold, Sell. We'll be right back. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Travis Carmichael, the seemingly social financier who successfully left behind a blue-collar Baltimore upbringing by transforming himself into an elite hedge fund manager branded with a sterling reputation for creating enviable profit machines for many of the world's most powerful people. His success proved costly as he became incessantly vulnerable after a series of careless mistakes and poor decisions originated from his love affair with the brilliant and stunningly beautiful Russian operative Naomi Knight. Through a roller coaster journey, Journey of greed, mystery, sex, and murder, Travis and Naomi's metamorphosis from scorching Wall Street couple to unrecoverable bliss is forever locked for posterity as one of New York City's most interesting tales. Coming to you from former Wall Street hedge fund executive and frequent contributor on CNBC, Fox News, Bloomberg, and CNN, I, Todd Schoenberger, feature a historical novel inspired by true events, including but not limited to those who possess impenetrable dreams of Manhattan wealth and the consuming lifestyle it perpetuates. Please pick up your copy of No Lie Lives Forever, available on Amazon and finer bookstores near you. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.
Welcome back to Buy, Hold, Sell. Well, the month of March, we actually see the bulls are running despite all the headwinds that we had this month. The NASDAQ is up over 4% in March. The S&P 500 up almost 2%. Who said? We thought we were markets were going to crash a few weeks ago. It looks like that's not going to happen. But we do have a guest that is helping us explain it to you as the investors. We have Nancy Tangler, CEO and Chief Investment Officer of Laffer Tangler Investments. And now we did leave this. I want to go to you, Toby, real quick because we closed out the last block you had a we teased it you have something great to tell the audience you have three things that you have you're stating your bullish case go with it <laughs> easy for you to say todd first off <laughs> i don't know if there's a great thing or not but it's I, fantastic I say, it's outstanding I, I, yeah, yeah i will say this i know mr understatement um <laughs> i will say this that uh i have been a friend and a client on and off of ed yardini for a long time and i loved love being in the green room with ed he's a very soft-smoken guy he's not you know he's not a lot of obnoxious like me but we sort of work pretty well together and what i've been trying to get my head around is the rapid i'm talking rapid money market expansion i mean we're now at three and a half trillion going to almost four trillion in money market funds and all those almost 90 percent of those money market did i say market money market accounts are directly <laughs> within a brokerage account it's not like you can go to your you know bank of america and say well uh, you know give me your money market well no you have to be part of merrill lynch brokerage because it's a etf blah 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 anyway that is rocket fuel and i have never seen that much cash sitting one click away number one number two i i completely agree with nancy that while in while interest rates were going up and eps was going up in the last two quarters but really the last quarter which i i expected to be going down that we were the market was in its bizarre way discounting in you know, these rolling recessions. And uh, as Lizanne Saunders was talking about. And then, then the third thing is, is that via Lizanne, and I know Nancy does this too, I've added factors, economic factors, EPS factors, other into looking at our companies and the industries that we cover. And if you add it all up together, that and the fact that, you know, we were able to bounce off 3,800 twice and on big volume this week, that's enough to start legging in. I mean, we went to 80% cash, as you know, you know, deep into the thing. And then because we got all these gas things and everything, we got, you know, about 60% in. So we're about you know, 40% still in cash. And I do want to put that together. Like, here's my, Nancy, here's my great example. Uh, if you're, you know, from your area of Paradise Valley, you probably know my friend, Nick. Uh, God, I just, <laughs> Nick the kicker. <laughs> Nick the kicker. Nick the kicker. Nick the Nick Lowry. <laughs> Nick Lowry, oh. <laughs> and he, but he was in Pippa there a long time. Anyway, uh, I get a text from him. I, you know, he's not a wealth management client because he's too cheap. As you know, any professional athlete are usually the cheapest people in the history of the planet, except when it's cars. Cars are big time, but yeah. you know, 1%, why would I pay someone 1%? Well, you know, because 150 other people do. Yeah, that's not me. So I said, just, just what I'll do is I'll, I'll tell you to buy the QQQs. And this is starting like in 2012. So we just buy these, we buy everyone dip you know he's making 25 percent a year and we go to the cnbc stock contest because nick is 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 they decided to get nfl players on so we go in he doesn't know anything about stocks and we get to select our stocks and anyway in 2008 i get i would choose nvidia amd etc and you know we win the thing by like a mile he sends me notebooks should i sell qqqs dude i just talked on tv i just that is the qqqs you won't buy individual stock my point is i got the i got the note today Tell is it time to go back in a QQQ? No, there you go. Today. Well, well so and he is, he is the psyche of every, you know, retail 
uh, I, civilian. And I, there's many, many of them out there like that. And so Toby's at 40 percent cash right now, Nancy. Is that a, a would, would you justify that? I mean, that seems a bit high as far as I'm concerned. But what do you think? Well, we don't go to cash. We we uh, use yeah, auctions. We, we use auctions. Um, I, I do think so. I mean, if you look at investor sentiment, uh, it's as bearish as it's ever been. So yeah. you, you can use the, you know, the uh, fear greed index or the AAII, which, you know, is a great contrary indicator. And wow. so are institutions. They're under allocated to equities at, at extreme levels. Um, remember, these are the same guys that were leveraging their bond purchase right. uh, last yeah. year. So um, that's not risky. Um, but buying equities is. So I think at the margin, you're going to start to see people coming back in. Um, you get days like today where we sell off in the middle of the day and then we rally into the close typically. Um, those are all good signs. And yeah. so, you know, April seasonally is, I, I don't really do seasonality, but if you're adding up the things that could go right, I don't think earnings yeah. are going to be as bad as investors think. Nancy, here's like, what I was looking for. I, for origami? <laughs> No, 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 no. The uh, it's the uh, is that a, is that a comic strip? What oh, is sorry, it? No, this is the new highs and new lows in in the in in the in the journal, uh, Wall Street Journal. Yeah. And three days ago, this is another part of my thesis. It was a a full page highs, lows, and I've been doing this literally since '83. Um, <laughs> it's never been wrong when the full page of the Wall Street or just take Barron's on the weekend. Barron's was four pages of new lows and one small column of new highs. So yeah. that would tell me that everybody who had to sell has exactly. sold and that the equilibrium, you know, is is way out of whack. And then, oh, by the way, Todd, you know, we're still up like 38% this year just by being 40% in, in, in stocks. But in the right sectors and dividends. I mean, right. it's so interesting, Nancy. When you go back to the old days of, of tankers and stuff, and that was my my first was the first you know couple of years of, of uh, the t new twentieth century. It was always the Greek ship owners who, as soon as they were making money, they spent like drunken sailors, bought a whole bunch of boats because they wanted to go to the the Greek shipping luncheon and say, "Fangu, Gizamore, look how much I got." Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't uh, know if they're Italian or not, but but all of a sudden the kids took over and yeah. now, you know, Ardmore shipping is paying a 21% dividend, which is 50% of their EPS cash flow. They have not ordered any boats. Matter of fact, they've sold a few boats. And so just like, you know, the natural gas guys have changed their business model to dividend, et cetera. Finally, the shipping guys have. And since every shipyard literally in the world is filled for the next four years building LNG and LPG mm -hmm. tankers, mm -hmm. there's no new ones being built. So that to me is like the perfect transformational event of yeah. uh, Russia, you know, uh, can't ship to all these guys. Now we have to ship twice as long in many cases. And then finally, the VLCCs, the big ones, China is now uh, least the, the, the top 15 very large ca carriers uh, for the next two years. So it's going to, it's a tight market. So my point, I guess my point is, it's not the market, damn it. It's the pieces within the market. Right. But overall, you can't outswim the undertow of 2022 unless you're short with options, you're hedging, et cetera. Okay. You're not going to do that. But but now everybody who's sold okay. can sell and, and yeah. um, you know, uh, recession is already priced in. And, okay. and by the way, if you look at the numbers from the Atlanta Fed, we had two negative quarters, you know, last year to, to with Nancy's point that, that, you know, would say, okay, we did have a quote unquote recession. Remember the guys who come up with the recession stuff 
are like nerdy analysts who don't go out of a room and they're 20 stories below the Fed building and they they tell Wait, us, oh, by the way, we so have a recession. You're arguing that we did have a recession in the first. I, see, I don't think we did. I, I, I mean, think it's mild. I don't. I mean, I think it's now just a, a, a word construct. We had some ne- negative growth in particular areas. The, the point that I look at, Nancy, has just simply been the the 72 percent of the CPI that's shelter yeah. costs, healthcare right. costs, and service wages. Right. And we can't get the shelter costs down. Although in Phoenix, if you saw the paper yesterday, uh, the Phoenix area is down 17 percent peak to trot. San Francisco, of course, is down 25 percent. We hit the peak to trot about October of this year on shelter costs. And then those are really going to drop. And and a, a owner equivalent rent is going to drop significantly. Right. Agreed. And, you know, and then service wages are peaking because, as you know, here in Arizona, as I was joking, I occasionally have to stop by Jack in the Box just to do you know research. Yep. And um of course. And uh, the one just up the street, the ad is $20.75 per hour starting wage. Yeah. And, and I remember when that was twelve seventy five, like 12 months ago. And and so those, you know, those prices have to come up. So, but all things to said, if we're a 70% service economy and 72% consumer, the runoff is going to start to see it. And I think to Nancy's point, the market is pricing, starting to price that in. We had a recession Excellent. in the first half of the year. But yeah. we can talk about that another day. Yeah. Toby, that's one person. That's the first guest we've ever had that actually agreed with you. So that's really good. So it's a, <laughs> we're starting a trend. We're starting a trend. <laughs> Nancy, okay. I want to talk to you. You had you wrote a book. Uh, you're a best-selling author. It's uh, the Women's Guide to a, to Successful Investing. You got a uh, another um, edition that's coming out this summer. Can you break down the demographics for us? Because I know it's Wall Street has been typical of the. Um, you know, they'd be in, I guess you would say, a, um, men mostly are investing. I know that that trend has changed over the past, I guess, decade and a half or so. But it's, but it's not 50-50 though, right? I mean, or do you have a, um, a breakout? No, and, and yeah, thanks for asking about it. So this is a passion of mine because I, I, I left the business for a while because uh, I wanted to be home to yell at my kids in person when they were in high school. Pre-Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pre-Zoom. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I met all these really smart women who, when they asked me what I'd done, they kind of recoiled literally like, oh yeah, my husband handles that. Or yeah, it's, it's, it's like gambling. I, I don't understand the markets. And yet, if you look at the research, women actually make, and, the, and there's been a ton more since the first edition, women actually make much better investors than men. And, and it largely goes to, we tend to do more research, um, but we, and we, we are willing to change our minds. Ego. <laughs> and yep. And lastly, we're not we're not as competitive. So we're not, yeah. you know, trying to um, gain against a benchmark. We're trying to provide for future uh, financial objectives. And so I wrote the book for those for those women that were, um, were were being left behind in the discussion. And what what really stood out to me is when I left the business, I used to be the CIO of Fremont Investment Advisors and CEO. And that was the, the Bechtel family and the Bechtel Corporation in San Francisco. And so we were we were looking for a money manager because I really didn't want to do it anymore. And we'd go to these meetings. I knew all the money managers in town. They were my peer group. And they'd say to my husband at the time, well, he's since passed away, which is one of the other reasons I wrote the book. Um, but they'd say, well, uh, Doug, what's your risk profile? And he'd say, I don't know, Nance, what do you think? And and they did that the whole meeting. It was, and I wasn't even offended as a woman. It just was inefficient, but they were not mm-hmm. directing any of the questions to me, despite the fact that I was the, I, that's how I made my living for 20 plus yeah. years already. And yeah. so 
I think women have excused themselves from the conversation. They don't. And it's largely because they're talked down to. So I wrote it for that reason. And uh, it seemed uh, the publisher wanted to come out with a second edition. So now we've added in, you know, as some things about crypto and meme stocks. I've put in a bunch of case studies um, that I think will really help women because the average age of the first divorce of a woman in the U.S. is 30 years. Yeah. And uh, the average age wow. of a widow is 59. So I was, and that's how old I was when my husband passed away. So the you, average age of a widow is 59 in the United States. That's crazy. crazy. Is, and is it's that, worse is that, now. Is that all over or is it just the South? No, no, it's, it's nationwide. And and I think the numbers deteriorated further during COVID, but yeah. the trend even before that was, um, was at 59. And that just seemed ridiculously young to me. And so you're in this awkward period where you can't access Medicare. If you make more than 30,000 a year, you can't take your husband's social security. So there's, there's all sorts of, of women getting squeezed and they need to be preparing for that at much younger age. So that's, it's getting worse. The millennials are deferring those decisions more than the baby boomers. So, um, you know, it's, we have to talk gender. So it makes some people uncomfortable. (laughs) But, um, no, no, it's okay. Yeah. Well, it's important. I, I know, I know. Um, I've an old colleague of ours at uh, Fox, uh, Tracy Burns. She does a lot where she targets uh, or caters to um, divorce seeds, yeah. the the women that are going through the process and how to get really get their financial playbook in order actually pre-divorce and then obviously post-divorce. And she's uh, having a lot of success and doing well with that. Do you find that a lot of the the people that you speak with, the women, I mean, you said the age of 30 is the first divorce. That's just incredible. Do do you find a lot of them coming to you saying, look, I need some help here because in two years I'm out of this marriage. I mean, are you helping them plan? Well, I don't think anybody gets married with thinking they're going to get divorced, right? But (laughs) uh, what we- Talk to Todd (laughs) after the show. Go ahead. (laughs) We did. I'm done in that business. I'll tell you. <laughs> People ask me all the time, and I'm like, no, thank you. No, thank um, you. <laughs> no but, Tinder uh, for you. No Tinder for you. How much time do we have? But don't bump. But no, I, I mean, we do have a, a robust women's practice. We also have a women's financial fo- forum that we launched many years ago. It kind of was put on ice during COVID, and we're relaunching it. And it's it's merely educational. Like I, I'm just passionate about the subject. And there's this big wealth transfer for going to yeah, women, it's trillions of dollars uh, around the globe. So women have an obligation to, to understand what's, how their money's being managed. And we see it all the time, fees on top of fees. We get these you know clients that come in and it's like, I, I'm the malpractice in our business is, is rampant where people just, they just throw them into funds. They don't really pay attention to the total allocation. They put them in annuities that they get paid an 8% exactly commission. Right. On. Exactly um, right. It's, it's really criminal. Yeah. So um, yeah. that's that's why I re- why I'm excited that I'm well a that I finished it this morning. Well, <laughs> I am I am ordering the new book and the old book. I cannot agree with you more. Uh, and it's interesting, just in my uh, group of, of friends, if, if you lived in California, New York, and D.C. for 40 years, you know you've got a pretty disparate group of uh, right. friends. And now Arizona, and um, it, it is amazing. I just think of a, a very close friend who. I, I would say I have her. She, she's on my comp list for our newsletters and stuff. And I'll say, well, Susan, you're you're a specialist in genomics and so on and so forth. Did you look at our deal on uh, some of the? He goes, no, no. I I just I I put my money with the uh, the guy from uh, I don't know State Farm Insurance. I don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> And I, I had to do an intervention. You know, yeah. she was getting ripped. They were putting her in an annuity. She's like 50 years old at the time. It was just horrible. Wow. And that's one example, Nancy. And you've seen hundreds of yeah. thousands are heard of, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is. It's sad. So I think um, we'll see. I mean, we were going paperback this time because the last book was too expensive yeah. and it's not pink this time. So you can rest assured you can carry it around and not feel ashamed. <laughs> wow. Well, at that point, it, Nancy, you don't know me. I, am I ashamed? I have a sweatshirt on. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Toby, Toby, I, Nancy, I don't know how we're going to have, we have to tell Toby that UCLA is not in the final four this week. Oh my God. Do so. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. That's a hug. There you go. Well, with that, 40, we have to a forty-two footer at the buzzer. Yeah. Are you kidding me? A swish? He didn't even bank the damn thing. <laughs> too much. Too much. All right. Well, listen, Nancy. What would definitely be promoting that book once it comes yeah, out? Absolutely. We can't wait. To, can't wait to see it. Congratulations on it as well. So Thank wonderful you. news. So listen, that does it for us today on Buy, Hold, Sell. So on behalf of Nancy Tendler and Toby Smith, I am Todd Schoenberger. Thank you once again for joining us, and we hope to see you next time. Take care. I want you to smash that like button. (laughs) How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.